0: Welcome to the Breakwater Podcast. This episode is a special release. We sat down with Councilman Aaron Wojciechowski to learn about his push to decriminalize marijuana in the city of Oshkosh. If you haven't already listened to episode 17, where Winnebago County District Attorney Christian Gossett talked about diversion, drug courts, and decriminalization, you may want to pause and go listen to that before or after you listen to this episode In episode 17, DA Gossett breaks down how marijuana is handled in the city of Oshkosh in Winnebago County right now, and understanding how it is currently handled will help us understand the level of impact a policy like the one Councilman Wojciechowski is proposing will have. Check the show notes for links to the Oshkosh City Council webpage and contact form. Please share your thoughts on this policy with the council. As always, you can share feedback with us at info at breakwaterwi.org or by leaving us a comment on social media at Breakwater Coalition. Councilman Wojciechowski is up next. Welcome to the show, Aaron. How are you?
1: I'm doing great today. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. And I just have to say, Aaron is incredibly patient and kind. I forgot to hit record, so this is take two. Uh, Aaron, would you introduce yourself to our audience a little bit, please?
1: Sure thing. Uh, My name is Aaron Wojciechowski. I live in Oshkosh right now. Um, I've been here for the last five to six years um, when I originally moved here to go to UW-Oshkosh for school. Um, you know, I got really involved in the community, fell in love with the people here and just a lot of the things that happened here. Uh, ran for the county board in 2016 when I was only 19 years old and uh, thankfully got elected and, you know, served there for four years and now I serve on the Ostrich City Council and really excited to be here to talk about marijuana reform.
0: Again, thank you for being here today. I'm excited to dig into this issue a little bit too. Of course, it's a big issue Um, national attention states are legalizing across the board in wisconsin we're now surrounded by states who have legalized marijuana in one form or another i think almost entirely and of course there's talk about legalization within the state of wisconsin and what you're looking to do is decriminalize locally in oshkosh right
1: Correct. Yep. So, you know, there's so many layers to this. You know, obviously, the federal government can do what they want to do. States have the rights to do what they want to do. Um, but at the local level, we have a little bit of jurisdiction on issues like this, specifically as it relates to, you know, fines when you get caught, you know, paraphernalia, what happens if you have it on you, but you don't actually have any you know, marijuana on you or, you know, the criminal justice aspect of it. So what we're really trying to do here is, you know, try to address some of those issues that we've seen in our communities and other communities.
0: And I just want to make the distinction out there for everyone too. You are are looking to decriminalize locally, which is Different than legalization, right?
1: Yeah, so full legalization would be like being able to buy it at a dispensary or being able to grow it yourself and, you know, use it in public and private spots, public if it's uh, approved by the owner. Decriminalization just gets rid of or, you know, severely reduces the fines um, for getting caught. Um, it also prevents, you know, law enforcement from taking you to jail or confiscating, you know, what you have on you if you do get caught in public with it.
0: And right now in Oshkosh, we talked about this a couple podcast episodes ago with DA Gossett about how marijuana or other drug charges are handled in Oshkosh in Winnebago County, the fact that there are diversion programs that do exist. And when it comes to marijuana, a lot of it is left up to officer discretion on the scene of how to handle it, and there's multiple factors that play into Mm -hmm. that. So how would a decriminalization policy play into that
1: so let's say you're walking on the street and you know either you have paraphernalia on you or you have you know marijuana on you and you're pulled over by an officer Um, you know normally it would be up to their discretion based on you know the situation you know is there another crime involved you know is there violence or anything like that or or if you're just going on your way you know what do they do Um, What this would do is, you know, it would kind of take that decision making out of the officer's hands and, you know, really leave it up to what the law states. And that would be that you are allowed to have this on you up to a certain amount. Um, And, you know, a lot of this comes with the specific language that is put into the ordinance. Um, You know, what age you are, how much you have on you and what the situation is. So it really takes a lot of that, you know, decision making away from the officer's Um, And I think that's a good thing because if they are unsure of what the current laws are, how to address the situation, you know, it doesn't put them in a tricky spot and it doesn't lead to more, you know, litigation or more backed up court cases.
0: So what would the amounts be?
1: I believe the Madison one that we're working off of was 23 grams. So you cannot have more than that on your possession. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that amounts to or how much that is, but um, it seems that that's pretty consistent across what other communities have been doing.
0: And why was this specifically of interest to you? Like, what made you gravitate towards this and say, let's, de- let's try to decriminalize marijuana in the city of Oshkosh?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think as, as you've seen across the nation, this is becoming an issue in people's minds. It's becoming more culturally appropriate to talk about society. is kind of moving on the issue. And, you know, at the very least, whether you agree with, you know, full legalization or, you know, if you're against the drug or not, I I think we can have a conversation about, you know, how it affects people's lives for just simply having it on them or using it for, you know, whatever needs they need to do. You know, we shouldn't be giving people um, exorbitant fines for having it on them, you know, even if they're not using it, just simply possessing it. Um, We should not be sending people to jail for simple possession and use of it, um, backing up our criminal justice system and, you know, contributing to that cycle that we've seen. Um, So the criminal justice aspect has been a huge part of why I wanted to do that, Um, but I think it also moves the conversation forward and will hopefully, you know, urge people at the state level to take some action on this because we've definitely seen a lack of action at the state level on this. Um, So I'm hoping that we can, you know, start these and spur these conversations um, on an educational level, but also, you know, like that criminal justice aspect, economic aspect, all those things kind of mold into one big conversation.
0: And to be clear, this is talking about simple possession of personal use amounts. It's not talking about, you know, trunk loads no. of marijuana with that you're going to go then and resell or package and sell. Um, to other people. It's personal
1: use. Yep. So you, you still would not be able to grow or sell to people. You know, that that's going to be something that has to be done at the state level. Um, but yeah, this is just for, you know, simple uh, possession, you know, just for an individual person. So like a, under 23 grams.
0: Where are you at with this policy or this draft right now?
1: Sure. So Recently, it was brought up at the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, which I was just recently uh, appointed to. We had our first meeting last month, and I asked to have the question on the agenda just for discussion. And really, that's simply because I want to make sure that we're doing this in the correct way. You know, I don't want to subvert anyone. I want to make sure that we're getting the appropriate input um, from all stakeholders, getting enough input from community to make sure that when we're actually writing this ordinance, that the correct language is in there so it can pass, you know, that's ultimately the goal. And, you know, so we brought it to committee and they decided that this was not, you know, they should not be the ones to take the lead on this. They think this is council's responsibility. And I was fine with that. You know, there's not really a committee that we have um, that would directly take this on anyways. So the goal was to, the goal is now to bring it to council um, for discussion and, you know, get input from people. It's going to be on the next council agenda as a discussion item to create a joint workshop um, where we can get all those different stakeholders, get the input, and then start crafting that actual resolution or ordinance. So
0: if somebody's listening to this and they feel like they really want to provide some input or they want to somehow be involved in the drafting of this policy, is there an opportunity to do that?
1: Yeah, so, you know, at any point you can contact any of us on the city council or the city staff, city manager, and send your input. Um, The Madison ordinance, I believe, is, it should be public. I mean, it was passed by them, um, but it will be uh, provided at the next meeting uh, once we discuss this so people can get an idea of what we're kind of working with and, you know, what could change, what's not going to change. This first meeting at council will just simply be to schedule a meeting for that joint workshop. But the goal is to get people from the community to also come and watch this and, you know, express their opinions on what they want. Um, But we typically do two readings for council before we vote on an ordinance. So there'll be ample amounts of opportunities for people to speak on and, you know, maybe offer up suggestions.
0: And when is that next meeting?
1: So our next meeting is July 13th. That's a Tuesday and it starts at six o'clock. So it's going to be towards the end of the agenda um, on discussion item. And like I said, that's just to simply uh, uh, schedule the, the workshop. So we'll figure out when that actually work, when that actual workshop will be.
0: Okay. And that will be available in the minutes then after the fact?
1: Yep. And I'll be sure to, you know, advertise that. I'm going to be hopefully working with some other organizations like Decriminalized Oshkosh and Normal Wisconsin Normal, you know, to get the word out there because, you know, that's what we want. We want to make sure that people who want to provide input are there. And can provide that input. I'll say now I really haven't gotten much um, feedback yet from people in the community, like via our uh, council contact form, like when they can email us. Um, I've had people say, you know, that they're glad where I'm pushing for this issue and that it's going to be on there. So, you know, I'm hoping that you know people do support this, and I'd like to think they do, considering they voted for me.
0: Do you have any thoughts, or are you anticipating any concerns that people might have?
1: Oh, I'm sure. You know, there are valid arguments of invalid concerns having to do with marijuana. And I think one of the biggest ones is keeping it out of the hands of people under 18, you know, minors. And of course, I share that same sympathy. That's what we want to do. And I, you know, I've always said I think one of the best ways to do that is by legalizing it so we can regulate it and enforce it and make sure that, you know, we are keeping it out of the hands of young people. And, you know, actually being able to enforce this and, you know, you know, there's going to be a lot of things about, well, will this increase crime? You know, I don't want to make sure people aren't driving while under the influence. Um, You know, I'd say we're going to do the best we can. There's only so much you can do. It's the same thing with drunk driving. People are going to do it regardless, even though it's illegal. The idea is that we can, you know, uh, give these people the resources they need if they need rehabilitation, but we shouldn't be punishing people to the point where it ruins their lives.
0: Yeah, and I think we can all agree with the benefits of decriminalization in terms of of how it disproportionately impacts people of color, mm-hmm. how it can disproportionately impact people in more vulnerable neighborhoods, yep. and how it's now very muddy, you know, when it's legal in some states and not another and we're putting Are Wisconsin residents at a disadvantage when we make them criminals for something that's perfectly legal, you know, 500 miles away? Legalization, I think, brings in a whole nother topic and a whole nother set of challenges. And like you said, you know, our interest at Breakwater is primarily, you know, we're not here to say, yes, legalization is good, no, legalization is bad our interest is keeping our youth safe, right? So whether it's alcohol, marijuana, prescription pills, or any other substance that's prone to misuse or abuse, we want to make sure that that's not getting into the hands of our youth. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, home access, things like that are a big part of that. And so if and when marijuana is decriminalized in Oshkosh or the state, if and when it is legalized in the state, our goal would to be, would be to have policy and regulation and processes set up and in place so that we can have a safe community and keep our keep our youth free from that access until you know they're of that age where they are able to make a sound decision Mm -hmm. for themselves.
1: Yeah and I think that should be the goal for any you know policy like this or you know relating to this subject you know, we should lead through education and, you know, making sure that we're providing the resources and knowledge for people to make those decisions for themselves. Yeah, I think that's the better, I think education has always been a better tool, um, you know, towards um, disincentivizing people from making those decisions, um, you know, if they're impactful in a negative way to themselves, as opposed to just, you know, throwing someone in jail or fining them. I don't think that really you know, addresses the issue at the root. I think it just causes more problems for the person um, and could, you know, oftentimes lead to even more substance abuse. Um, so I think, you know, my hope is, and I think this is the proper right step, you know, before ever getting to full legalization is, you know, addressing kind of like these little are these smaller facets of it. Um, so we don't have to address it all at once if it's um, when, we, when we get to the conversation of full legalization.
0: Yeah. Now, we recently had some community conversations with middle schoolers, high schoolers, and parents of middle schoolers and high schoolers specifically about cannabis. And we asked them three questions, very basic. What do you know about marijuana? How do you think it impacts your body? And what kind of conversations are you having in the home about marijuana or other drugs? Because we know that you know, open communication between parents and children it goes a long way in preventing mm-hmm. youth substance use and misuse. And one of the standout quotes from those conversations was that it's an in-between drug. It's not as minor as ibuprofen, but it's not as bad as heroin or, co- or cocaine, I think, were the two examples that were used. And that sentiment was very much mirrored throughout all the sessions and conversations we had regardless of age group. It's kind of falling in that area of, people aren't really sure what to think about it, in part because it's legalized in Mm -hmm. so many places, in part because it's becoming more culturally acceptable or socially acceptable to talk about it or say you engage in it or something of that nature. And it's all over social media too. And then it kind of has been getting intertwined with CBD Mm -hmm. and all the products. Delta 8 is now out there on the market. Is that a similar sentiment that you've been hearing as you're having conversations about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you ask people among my age group, you know, between that, like, 20 to, like, even, like, 25, 30 range, um, you know, I don't think the sentiment is much the same. I think it's a lot comes from either the younger generations or the older generations who have kind of been taught and told that, you know, this is bad. You know, we've seen political campaigns for the last how many years um, you know, trying to stigmatize, you know, marijuana, saying it's bad for you. Um, and, you know, I saw this interesting uh, post. It was, it was kind of humorous, but it was um, reality versus um, propaganda. And the propaganda was the old truth commercials that they used to show where the person smoked uh, marijuana and then they're completely deflated. And then the truth or the reality is uh, the woman who just ran in the Olympics, you know, or ran to be in the Olympics, Um, You know, I think a lot of it has to do with education um, and explaining, you know, what it really is because, you know, older generations, you know, marijuana was a lot different then than it is now and in good and bad ways. And I think education is so important, you know, but it is also important to recognize that, you know, this isn't just carefree. It isn't, you know, good for everyone. You know, we need to also talk about the risks that are associated with, you know, use and dependency of marijuana. Um, so I think all those conversations need to be had, um, especially when we're crafting these policies. Um, but I think it's important that, you know, we're looking forward on the issue.
0: We've been working with the Ashkosh Herald to run the Navigating Cannabis series. Have you read those articles yet? And w- do you feel like those are helping to educate the public or start conversations within the community about the good, the bad, the unknown about marijuana?
1: Oh, yes, most definitely. I think specifically you mentioned the Delta-8, and that was something I had no idea was even around. Um, you know, I had friends who had mentioned it, and I you know, heard that there was a dispensary, um, but I didn't know what it was, you know, what the effects of it were, or like the fact that it was unregulated, and that, but it's still legal. Um, so I think it's extremely important as it's becoming more relevant and more prevalent in the area that we're talking about it. I think the worst thing we can do is ignore it or act like it's not here. You know, when we're completely surrounded, I think the nearest dispensary is probably a few hours away um, up north or in Illinois. You know, if we just avoid talking about it or, you know, if we try to come up with, you know, these lies or propaganda about it, I think it just leads to, you know, more negative impacts in the future. So I think the best we can do is educate people on, you know, what it is and, you know, what the effects of it are.
0: So as you're learning about Delta-8 and how, you know, it's kind of in that gray area legally and it's pretty unregulated Mm -hmm. as of yet. Do you think decriminalizing marijuana will have any impact on Delta-8 in the area?
1: Mm, That's an interesting question. I'm, I would have to see what, you know, what the data is right now on Delta eight. Cause you know, I feel like if you ask the average person, they won't know what it is or, you know, you know, that it's even legal or that you can buy it, you know, like speaking for myself, like someone who's actively like working on cannabis reform, I never even knew about it. Um, I, I don't know. I think it could, you know, but if it's already legal, I don't see it really having that big of an effect on it. If you can't get in trouble for having it on you in the first place. Um, If anything, it might, it could um, contribute to people who do Delta 8 moving to Delta 9 because they feel more comfortable or not as much at risk um, from the law enforcement.
0: Do you think there's any lessons to be learned from how Delta 8, how the Delta 8 industry is operating?
1: Um, I don't know much about how they're operating, but I think that, you know, with any market like that, we need to, I would like to see that we're regulating it for at least the health aspects, you know, it's the same thing with vaping or cigarettes, like, you know, we don't know the long term effects of it, or for cigarettes we do, but at least vaping, like we still don't know the long term impact that it can have on someone, I think we just need to be careful with any new drug, whether you've used it a lot or not. Um, you know, how we're marketing it and how we're putting it out there.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us, Erin. I really appreciate you sitting down to have this discussion with us, and I look forward to watching this progress in Oshkosh.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, Always happy to educate people on this issue and talk more on it. So please, 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 if this is something that you do care about or something you're completely against, um, please reach out to, you know, myself and others on the council so we have a better idea of how people feel about this.